0: Hello Waterloo Road fans, it's Tom here, your podcast host, just popping in to remind you about our Patreon page. You can find it at patreon.com slash waterlooroadpod, and for a small fee, you get lots of exclusive goodness from us, as well as a shout-out on the podcast. Just this week, we have debuted our look back at the first episode of the Channel 4 school drama, Teachers... Uh, We hope you enjoy that if you head on over to the Patreon, and if you do enjoy it, we will go back and look at more episodes of that show. We very much enjoyed uh, talking about that first one. Uh, We also have a look back at the character of Jack Rimmer on the way, Um, so please do look out for that in your Patreon feeds in the next couple of weeks. But for now, it falls to me to thank our current Patreons. So thank you to Tom Percival, thank you to Georgia Leah, aka The Avocado Bath on both Instagram and TikTok. Thank you to Evan Francis, thank you to Matthew Kumar, and thank you to Eliza, formerly of Waterloo Road Iconic, but now of at Multifandom on Instagram, that is mxlti.fxndcm multi-fandom with all of the vowels changed so head on over there for more from eliza so thank you to all of you who are already patreon subscribers and of course if you're not already a subscriber and you want to see what all of the fuss is about as well as getting a shout out on the podcast head on over to patreon.com slash waterloo road pod and now on with the podcast Hello and welcome to another episode of Everything From Nothing, the Waterloo Road podcast. I am your host, Tom Beasley, your Waterloo Road superfan, and I'm joined by Luke Stevenson. Hello there, Luke.
1: Hello. And Tom, I think you can now actually claim to be a Waterloo Road superfan again, (laughs) as in a fit of like, something that's so against you is you actually binged the end of this series. (laughs) In a fit of pure excitement. I should should explain to the people that Tom only binges films, which is not what binge culture is about. (laughs) Films are what you watch once one of a week while you spend the other night binging TV shows. Tom does that for everything else. So Tom watched four episodes of this back to back and messaged me in the middle to say, I forgot how good it gets.
0: (laughs) Yes. After what I think it's fair to say has been a pretty dire series of television.
1: I think I can't remember if we discussed this on-air or off-air, but I think our diagnosis is that it struggled with the loss of two of its extra cast members that it didn't adequately replace. Mm. It promoted Steph to a job, then shipped her off to France, and <laughs> then had Eddie, who wasn't quite Tory boy, Andrew Treneman.
0: And, 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 and nor was he bullet-agate Jack Rimmer.
1: <laughs> no, exactly. And then we kind of introduced Rachel, who we didn't really get to know before it all became about her sex life, because... Shows be writing women. Um, I think what the the show is approaching. I was 17 and things were bad at home. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think the show is approaching a clean break, and I think once we get there, then I'll pick up because we, I think, we're about I think series four is when like you know peak Waterloo Road happens. You're really pinning a lot of hopes on this. (laughs) mythical era of waterloo roads i am because again you know i look at all the like fan pages and meme pages on instagram i don't recognize anybody
0: (laughs) (laughs) well maybe you will soon i'm sure you recognize the opening music of this episode because it's razor light
1: as it so often is I have two things right at the start of this episode. One, in the kind of like, um, obviously in the head-turny introduction, I just thought to myself, where has Davina been? (laughs) Uh, It feels like Davina has just vanished. I I was honestly worried I missed Tom causing her death.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If suddenly (laughs) there's a memorial service and a fundamental Christian turns up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm very confused. And
1: also, I have a question about the breakfast that Tom is making. Who has break
0: bacon before school? <laughs> bacon is a weekend breakfast, is it not?
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. It's a weekend breakfast or brinner, or it goes on top of a burger.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I... Who has the time for bacon before school? I seem to remember, like, when my parents... This might be where I get my
1: uh, pension for fad diets from. When my par- when I was a lot younger, my parents did the Atkins thing. They were cooking, like, it's some kind of... Sausage um, in, They cooked cook that in the mornings before they went to work So I used to have that That was the only time I had any kind of cooked food before breakfast It was for the two, two weeks they were doing this diet And Yeah, why would you have bacon before school? Yeah, it's a strange one It's just um, too salty I need something I, After I have bacon, I
0: have to have something sweet <laughs> So And then she, there, my whole day's off That's why bacon and maple syrup on pancakes Is basically the best breakfast
1: I think that's too rich
0: No, it isn't. I was very skeptical about it until I met my other half, and then she introduced me to bacon and maple syrup on pancakes, and it is just the greatest thing. It's the greatest gift of our relationship, if I'm honest with you. And And that's (laughs) why you'll live a full, full life together for another four years. Yes, (laughs) yes. Until the inevitable coronary, it will be a lovely, (laughs) lovely time. So yes, around the breakfast table, the big points of contention are the fact that Mika wants to go to some environmental demonstration in London. Um, She's met this man on the internet called Leon. Um, Meanwhile, Chloe wants to be a hairdresser, um, and Tom hates that for some reason. Um, So it it seems that, so Izzy hated bin men, (laughs) Tom seems to hate hairdressers for no apparent reason.
1: I think because Tom is stuck in the kind of very male sensibility that just like you're never going to make any money charging seven pounds for a haircut, <clears throat> forgetting that Chloe yes. is going to be doing women's hair yes. where she can literally charge limbs <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: for the amount of stuff that she does um, but no, there's a bit of interesting kind of I don't. a. It, it feels like it's kind of a weird kind of class warfare from Tom but actually from the writers mm. and my whole thing like the thing, I, every time we mention this weird battle between Chloe and Tom over the hairdressing I want everyone to remember That in the past seven episodes Chloe has been very prominent In the Lessons for Life Group which the purpose Of this group (laughs) is to give people Non-academic skills For the world of work And then Tom goes very very You need good grades for something I just
0: Well you see I, I never thought Chloe was in that group, but she always seems to be there when they are. Well, I yeah, sure she's you... just doing A levels.
1: Yeah, but like Dante's in the group as well. So I think there's some. Uh... They, they I don't, don't really they, know. Yeah,
0: basically, the, the, the lessons for live kids are the only kids we see.
1: Yeah. And they oh, want hang on. Us to
0: see Chloe and Dante.
1: Hang on. They're in year 11. Because Dante was held back because of all the, you know, causing death.
0: Because of his year in custody.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So he's in the year (laughs) below. Because he can go into the A-level place because he's old enough, but he doesn't do A-level lessons. And they're in the lessons for life stuff. But yeah, they basically, whenever they need them all in one place to cause a bit of a scene, they put them all together. So that's why I'm against Tom's, like, you know,
0: looking down on people who, like, want to be hairdressers. Yeah, so there's a a strange little exchange between Eddie and Paul, because Paul is reading a graphic novel version of Macbeth, and Eddie seems very excited by it, as if Eddie has never quite got Macbeth, and thinks seeing it in graphic novel form might help. Well, let me tell you, I was in Macbeth. (laughs) Yes, I forgot we had our own Banquo. (laughs) No idea what happens. (laughs) (laughs) That's the really easy one.
1: I got some golden syrup licked off my face, and after that, I
0: was shh, I was done. If you'd had some bacon as well, it would have been perfect. They brought bacon. <laughs> there you go.
1: It very much felt like that Simpsons episode where they get abducted by aliens, and it was like, how to cook four humans.
0: <laughs> how to cook four humans. <laughs> <laughs> yes. How to cook 40 humans. <laughs> um. So, Stuart's diggers have turned up to start the work on the school. Um, Mika and Brett decide there are some trees there, and so they get in front of the diggers. This whole scene is so weird because, like, first of all, this is such a
1: Tory opinion, I'm so sorry. Mika wants to attend a deforestation demo in London. Now, far be it from me to tell people how to protest, but I feel like a deforestation demo should happen near a forest. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) let's protest deforestation in this built-up area (laughs) yeah hundreds of years ago there was trees here Um, and then brett says something along the lines of you can't bring the rainforest to rochdale and mika says i'm not so sure as if she has a plan to do it
0: It's because yeah, oh then, then we get this strange like class war fight between Brett and the builder. Everything's class war. Brett just says this, like, ugh. I wrote it down what Brett says. The, the the guy from the builder says something like, Oh, get out of the way, son, or something. And Brett says, I'm not your son, Neanderthal. And if I was, I'd be flipping burgers. Now there's a lot going on in that sentence. <laughs> oh. The
1: thing is though, like Did Because we remember like last, was it last winters? Last summers? I don't know what time means anymore. Um, Extinction Rebellion protests where basically they blocked all these tubes. You had hundreds of people who wanted to get to work who were basically yelling at them. And this episode basically kind of predicts the class divide there, (laughs) in which you have working class man wants to do job. Middle class boy has environmental protest against him doing that job. Which is not really that man's responsibility. He is just he just wants to do what he was paid to do. And then some kind
0: of Yeah. So this this episode has already, in what, four minutes, disparaged hairdressers, builders, and fast food workers. (laughs) And as well, environmental protesters.
1: Yes. Because I don't know about you, but after this episode, I was pro climate change.
0: Just running through our leafy South London home, tearing down trees. Imagine, imagine <laughs> if it's
1: just like, I like the idea of doing a retrospective after 200 episodes of this. And it's like, Luke, what have you learned about yourself? I was like, when I started this, I was pro-union and anti-climate change. <laughs> and now... Um.
0: So, yeah, as, as you sort of alluded to, the show has remembered that Tom and Davina were a thing. Um. And exist so they're having a sort of conversation where Davina tells Tom that you know Mika's nearly eighteen she can do what she likes, and I believe you would like to mention uh, one of Tom's turns of phrase at this point oh, so they're
1: talking about Leon and Tom says he sounds like a right knit your own yogurt type and oh, I, just had to, <laughs> I had to pause it to just just live in the beauty of that moment. <laughs> It's a great line, because which I too it... wrote down. <laughs> because if it hasn't come across enough, I'm a bit of a centrist.
0: So... <laughs> Luke spends most of his life relitigating the Jeremy Corbyn debate. <laughs> <laughs> so, as someone who likes to like tweets
1: about environmental action but never protest it, the phrase. Knit your own yogurt type is perfect for me. Anyone who's <laughs> anyone who's slightly to the left of me is a knit their own yogurt type now.
0: <laughs> and so meanwhile, so Eddie obviously handed in his resignation in last week's episode. He seems put out here that Rachel's not begging him to stay. Um and then she sends him off to deal with the protest. Um and when he arrives at the protest, he sees Brett and Mika and he goes, how did I know it was going to be you two? Because they're the two established environmental activists at the school. They, didn't
1: they graffiti your car a week ago? Yes. <laughs> it's like, that's not a great gotcha, Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I see. It's the likeliest suspect.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how did I know the prison riot was down to you, mass murderer? And... <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, Charles Bronson, you're usually so well behaved. Yes,
0: exactly. <laughs> um, we, there's some bland drama where Maxine suggests to Chloe that she's jealous of Dante and Celine. Um, we do see her constantly giving sort of bizarre looks to him throughout the next few episodes.
1: Well, she only remember, she only cheated on Dante because she had <laughs> Kiss Me Lighting.
0: Yes, that's true. I, I So...
1: Here uh, it's just gonna be, you know, furtive glances. And like, yeah, you know, the amount of times I've like I've given someone a furtive glance, and I'm
0: like, oh no, I'm in love with them. <laughs> um so Eddie and Tom have gone to deal with the protest. Um th- there an offer is made that for every tree they take down they'll replant two more. Um Mika's not happy with this. Um Eddie is livid and just sort of runs around indiscriminately yelling for the next five minutes. Um <laughs> Tom says they're just playing silly beggars. And so at this point we get what I think is the strangest scene in a very strange episode, where Dante and Celine are doing a sort of performance of being travel agents. And there's, I don't really know why.
1: <laughs> there's a running thread of Dante the travel agent. Yeah. And honestly, I'm not sure about it. <laughs> So it feels like, because Dante did it for his work experience and yeah. apparently went well. So the suggestion is that he's kept working there, but the, the Lessons for Life group want to have him keep working on it. So they're like giving him scenarios of customers for him to deal with. But this scenario just gets very porny very quickly. Well,
0: they set it up like, in, earlier on in the episode. They set it up by, like, I think Maxine asks Claire, were you going to Dante's thing Like, they've set up this big performance that they're going to do. Like, it's sort of theatre. It's very unusual. Yeah, and, like, as
1: someone who, well, I suppose, yeah, maybe, I don't know, Dante walks around after killing someone, so he obviously doesn't hate himself as much as I hate myself. (laughs) I would find the idea of getting any amount of praise for something that involved doing something in public mortifying.
0: (laughs) But Dante
1: just loves it. He's eating he does, it
0: up. He has a great time. So Chloe, meanwhile, is visibly agitated by his success. Um, <laughs> and so she walks out of the room. She then admits to Maxine that she's missing Dante. And Maxine's big t- big suggestion is that she should text Dickran, who you'll remember was the slightly odd guy from the uh, visit to Matt's partner's work <laughs> like three weeks ago.
1: Yeah, here's the thing, okay? So, was it last week's episode or the week before where we had a supposedly 27-year-old male teacher um, abduct Janice for sex, right? That was, we all agreed, we all agreed that was bad. Yes. Chloe met Dick Graham because she went to this place. He was the businessman there, and this businessman, whose age we do not know, but we know he can drive a car yeah. he, and run a business, he then sees a schoolgirl... And says, Would you like to go out with me? And we're supposed to think all of this is fine.
0: And as if to underscore that, we then see Janice in this scene. <laughs> and they discuss the horrible experience she had. And then she's
1: like, Yeah, yeah, let's get you ready to go see Dick Crown. I was like, Janice, <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. <laughs> I just find it's so odd. This, like, oh yeah, th- this is fine. Like, it's almost like you know, oh, Chloe had her run in with danger right <laughs> at the start of the series, so now she's immune to it. Like, yeah, funny? it's all very odd.
0: Um, we learned. I have, when... I have a
1: question. Oh,
0: gone.
1: You might be able to say it. Um, where do you think Matt holidays? See, I have that note, but I can't remember why. <laughs> no, nor could I. <laughs> Did you say something about going on holiday? Where do you think Matt holidays?
0: I don't know, but I know he's the, the, the talk of the pool wherever it is.
1: Yeah, definitely. But I don't think he pool, I don't think he does the pool stuff. No. I like, think he, know, he knows he'll have too many eyes on him. <laughs> I think he's like he's like a cultural holidayer. I think he like does cities and art and stuff. Or like like Tuscany. Well, I'm not I really know a lot about Tuscany. Is it cultural?
0: <laughs> I know very little about it. It just sounds cultural. They do they have wine. <laughs> it's a wine area. Yeah, yeah, they have tusks. <laughs> so we learn very briefly that Stuart's donation to the school has bounced. The checks gone gone bad. Um, Eddie then goes and tells the staff that he's leaving. He says he has irreconcilable differences with Rachel, like he's announcing that he's not directing a movie anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's very bizarre. Well, what he means to say is, I can't tolerate the fact she was a sex worker. <laughs> um, so Chloe is meeting with dick ran who meets her in his car to invite her to lunch which seems odd they could have cut out the middleman there and just, just done gone the, to lunch done the invite on the phone <laughs> met for lunch
1: yeah because again dick ran just thinks loitering outside of a school is fine yeah and i think we're supposed I, to think it's fine <laughs> i just but like the last time that happened they sold a
0: girl drugs so uh, Leon shows up at the, the protest. Um, he immediately gives Brett a dressing down and uh, Mika looks at him like he's basically the world's best person. Rachel starts to threaten that she's going to have to exclude the people who are at the protest if Tom can't sort it out. Um, Mika sort of remains steadfast, but it's clear that she's the only one at the protest who really cares in any way.
1: The thing is, though, I still don't understand why No. The uh, genesis of this story was Mika didn't want to talk about her boyfriend Having slept with her sister And now she's up in a tree
0: Well they sort of imply That it's more about sticking it to Tom Than anything else But it's not quite clear When it changed from I want something to talk about with Brett That isn't the fact he slept with my sister Mm -hmm. It's, It's unclear when that morphed into Tom doesn't like it Therefore I'm doubling down
1: To be fair to her, though, I think I'd go up in a tree to avoid
0: that conversation. (laughs) Yeah, but she chooses to go into a tree with that guy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Eddie is teaching VAT to the Lessons for Life kids, which feels quite optimistic based on everything we know about them.
1: Well, I I don't understand VAT. Exactly. Exactly my point. (laughs) Um, Um, Well, I think he's using VAT as an example to teach percentages. Percentages are quite... They're not discussing the merits of value-added tax.
0: (laughs) No, they're not grooming Paul Langley to be the next chancellor. (laughs) (laughs) So what you're saying
1: is that we can stimulate growth
0: with a cut in VAT. (laughs) So Rachel uh, then pops her head around the door, uh, pulls Paul out of the class. Um, They say that he's done really well and they want him out of the Lessons for Life group and into the sort of the mainstream uh, GCSEA level part of the school. Um, Rachel then gives Eddie lots of praise for what he's done with the Lessons for Life kids, um, and wants him to to pass on the mantle to whoever the new deputy is. And we clearly see at this point that she is trying to make him want to stay.
1: Yes, definitely. Because like that, she of um, earlier in the episode, Eddie seemed to make, which I thought was really funny. Eddie wanted to say Tom's done a great job with the head of pastoral care role, and we can maybe consider him. And at the time, again. week in just weeks past tom ignored the room the suggestion that a girl (laughs) might be being groomed by one of the teachers which has then proved correct he's really thriving
0: in that role he's
1: he's really thriving in like the you know just giving us full deniability (laughs) um but yeah i think it was i thought it was quite obvious from the beginning like because in the first couple of moments between eddie and rachel they're kind of parading around and rachel's been like i want to have steph do this and he's like what (laughs) <laughs> it's like, oh, he, she's deliberately giving everything To the worst possible people imaginable yes. <laughs> So that Eddie will go No,
0: I must stay here I mean, it seems odd that they're playing with Paul's education To try and keep Eddie at the school <laughs> but... <laughs> but he read Macbeth Yes Yes, he did We're then introduced to Leon's friends Who I think are called Spoons and Flapper I'm alright with the word Spoons I don't like the idea of anything being called Flapper no. no, nor do I Something a bit. In... <laughs> um, so they've erected a, a sort of barbed wire barricade. It's all getting a bit lame, is. And it's all, do you hear the people sing yeah, and all that sort they, of they stuff? Br-
1: they bring out chains and, like, you know. Again, I I like tweets being pro-environment, so I'm totally on their side. But we can all agree that chaining yourself to trees is a very naughty thing that is totally mad, right?
0: And I think we're supposed to believe they're like professionals because they've got this system of ropes and pulleys to get in and out of the tree, rather than just climbing it. (laughs) One of my questions is, where do they get
1: all of the rope? From all we can tell, these men turned up with a bag each, and there's just
0: (laughs) so much rope. Look, I'm sure Spoons and Flapper can carry their weight in in rope. They suggest a school council meeting, which Brett is all for. He wants to go along to the council meeting and uh, negotiate. Um, Mika sends Alicia and Danielle along uh, to do it because she's manning the troops now, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) is calling the plays. Um, There's some strange conversation between the teachers where Tom suggests that Brett will crack.
1: (laughs) It's very, it's very odd how they... Every now and then, again, I feel like someone wrote, watched The West Wing and likes to write an episode like it every now, now yeah, and then. Like, it's like a strange just, political like game of chess yeah. between these two groups. Oh, if we pressure
0: the senator from Ohio, he'll flip. He'll flip, I tell you. Um, so they do this council meeting with this list of demands. Uh, Brett comes in halfway through with a new list of more extreme demands. Um... I don't. know I can't remember what the demands were. No, I can't. I know at some can, like, point plant this... a tree on every teacher's head, or
1: <laughs> yeah, there's like a grove or something.
0: Yeah, that uh... sort of thrown in at the end as a weird demand, and then that's the one thing that they acquiesce to. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, because no one quite knows what a grove is. It yeah. feels quite easy. To... <laughs> it's like a grove feels like it occupies quite a wide open space. Um, But yeah, I know at some point Rachel says, so this is a fair trade slash eco protest and she's laughing while she does it and that really (laughs) tickled me. I found that really funny.
0: (laughs) This is a fair trade and eco protest. Pick Um, one. So Tom at this point is struggling. He says to Davina that it would all be funny if it wasn't so serious. Um, Davina, for some reason, goes on about how the girls have Tom wrapped around their little fingers. For some reason, Davina now hates the girls. I don't know when that happened.
1: No, yeah. Davina seems to appear to just give Tom the opposite to what he wants to hear at every single point in this episode. And yeah. But also she also I think she drops the line that um, you know, a firm telling off never did her any wrong. Given that a year ago she was nearly sacked for sleeping with a student. (laughs) That's the kind of weird thing about this show where it has so many really, really, really dramatic storylines for every single one of its characters, then it means later on, when the show itself has forgotten about the storyline, but we, the audience, have not, they have this character act as if they're on the moral high ground,
0: yeah. <laughs> which is just really odd. Um, Steph talks to Rachel outside the council meeting and uses this really crass metaphor about the, the base system for how far you go with a boy. Yes, yeah. so you need to like go to second base. It's very Steph Haydock, very inappropriate. <laughs> Give a bit of your top to keep your knickers on. That's exactly what she says. Yeah, which is, yeah, yeah the less said the better.
1: No, um, exactly. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Because we all know men. <laughs> There's a strange conversation up this tree between Leon and Mika, where Mika's talking about Tom um, and then Leon asks her why she's doing this. And she says, I've always loved nature and that which, you know, whatever. Um, Leon Leon says, completely seriously, this isn't about you, or me, or spoons. And i just I can't, I can't do it. I can't, I can't. We can't, we can't seriously talk about anyone who's called spoons, I'm sorry. Uh,
1: Again, I think up there as well, doesn't he like lecture Brett, where he says you have to think more altruistically. Now, altruistically is one of those words I hear a lot, but I have no idea what it means. (laughs) Honestly, he could have just told him anything. He could have said, "You could,
0: they, that could mean like you have to think more like a badger." And I'd be like, "Hmm, mm. yeah." Because Brett's very happy because he's got the um, the conservation garden grove thing and the two tr- two trees for everyone they cut down. And Brett's Brett very reasonably says that's a good deal.
1: Yeah, like they end. Do the you remember with... how Lameez
0: ended? <laughs> they all die. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. I've never seen Lameez. <laughs> Spoiler, the French military reacts with power. Um... <laughs> oh, I wonder if there's any application for that in the modern day. Uh... <laughs> that, that play and that movie have fewer survivors than a limo ride with Dante. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a high body count. So Tom arrives at this point. Um, he says to Mika that she's been doing all this environmental stuff for two months, which is a good bit of time framing for us. We always like that.
1: Yeah, although it feels like three days, but <laughs> if, we, if, we, if we were committed to this, we would go back and try and figure out if two months actually holds water as a timeline.
0: <laughs> we are not nearly that dedicated. Um, <laughs> if, if listeners want to do it, please do. <laughs> um, we then get another Razor Light song as um, Tom goes rogue and starts chopping up the barbed wire, to which the builder says, You're not insured. Ah. Oh. All this bureaucratic red tape trying to keep people safe. What a joke. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's very like naughty's Clarkson politics, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah, oh, definitely. All he wanted to do in was cut up this barbed wire and then clamber over it without any safety measures. Oh, these and, bureaucrats uh, stopping him. <laughs>
1: again, this is my more centrist thing. I did think, you know, needing a, needing insurance to
0: operate, like, basically pliers was a little bit insane. <laughs> Well, you know, we've left the EU now, so soon you'll be able to merrily chop up as much barbed wire as you want.
1: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Halcyon days.
0: Um, So, uh, Chloe goes for lunch with Dickran. Tom asks Janice and Maxine to try and find out what's going on. Um, We see their date a little bit later. Dickran does this weird thing where he says, hairdressing is big business. And all I was reminded of was (sighs) when they introduce a task on The Apprentice. And Lord oh, Sugar, yeah. <laughs> every week without question Goes, insert name of sector Is big business And then he makes up a number for how many millions it's worth Goes, worth 900 billion a year <laughs> And I think D- Dickran is, is, is channeling Lord Sugar there 2021 Apprentice is going to be very different, isn't it? <laughs> well, Lord Sugar's but... going to stand up and talk about how coronavirus is a hoax <laughs> <laughs> but, but then he'll just say
1: like, yeah This shop is a business And it's one of the most successful businesses in the UK as it makes £8 a year.
0: Your task is to set up a business to last till the end of the day.
1: (laughs) And then if it doesn't work, you have to fight the other businesses (laughs) for vital resources.
0: Um, In in other ideological uh, areas, um, Grantley is making a point about Claude, who's Steph's friend in France. Grantley says that education is increasingly propped up by foreigners who are not content with nicking our football clubs.
1: Yeah, it's a bit odd that he'd go into the football, like considering the kind of, I, I do actually think they get Grantley as a pretty, a spot on version of an old school left winger which is, government should run and community should run things but then with a little bit of jingoism thrown in. But like, he has his choice of things to, that we sold to the French. We sold <laughs> everything to the French. <laughs> But you go to football clubs. There isn't a
0: French owner of a football club in this country. It's mad though, isn't it? Because at that time, there was like a a whole thing about foreigners owning football clubs. Whereas now, people are lining up to have a foreigner take over their football club.
1: (laughs) I know, the things that Newcastle fans will disgrace themselves Uh, with.
0: Exactly, (laughs) exactly. No state is too brutal to own my (laughs) football (laughs) club. So yes, Steph's been talking about Claude. Um, she's talking to him on the phone, and she says she doesn't doesn't realise how to translate Waterloo Road into French, and so she just sort of goes uh, La Rue de Waterloo. <laughs> but like, it's just the
1: name. Like, you don't have to translate names. Yeah,
0: and I don't know that this has been established before, but they're sort of seeming to suggest that she doesn't even know French. Yes, that's a new
1: thing, and it comes up again later on. Yeah, like... whereas
0: a couple of episodes prior. She was having a fluent French conversation with Claude on the phone. Yeah, but now it's like, she doesn't know what the words, she doesn't yeah, know words. It's very odd. Um, Leon decides to go full eco-terrorist at this point because um, there's nothing significant happening. So they start lobbing bricks through various classroom windows um, to the track Spit at Stars by Jack Pinata, which is a proper noughties indie banger. Too indie for my soul. <laughs> And Grantley's reaction to this is, as you might expect, to rally the Union troops and say this is a health and safety issue, we're refusing to work. All the other teachers who don't have names, not approvingly. Yeah, who says they should throw away the key for them? Someone does.
1: Uh, Someone you get to throw, like, you know, look, I've established this. I think they're all nuts. But still, (laughs) (laughs) anyone who spends a day tied to a tree, they're not my
0: kind of people. But... I think you should throw away the key. Uh, meanwhile, Chloe is running around town buying up loads of hairdressing equipment because she's getting a Saturday Saturday job at a salon. The salon's not provide equipment if you're only working there on a Saturday.
1: But no, here was my thing. Right, <laughs> is the job seems to be she's sixteen years old. She walks in for a Saturday job and suddenly she's cutting hair. Yeah, I think that's how it works. Like I seem to remember on like Coronation Street, wasn't like David in his grandma's salon for like eight years just brushing up hair on the floor.
0: Well, that's the sort of that's the like it's like the traditional Saturday job, isn't it? To sweep up hair in a in a in a barbers or a hairdresser's.
1: Yeah, whether you're invited or not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he never asks for payment, Luke. He's a
0: bit strange, like. That. <laughs> Just loves sweeping hair about. <laughs> he doesn't even use a brush. <laughs> <laughs> never seen anyone do it with their tongue before. It's very. <laughs> um, so Tom and Eddie have gone for another shout at the protest. They seem to keep going away, and then coming back to shout for a bit, and then going away. And,
1: and they never come back with any new tactics. No. It's just it's like, it's just a cult call them another version of a moron.
0: And yeah, this time, this time they say militant nutters. That's this one. So, at this point, the kids start to abandon the cause. Um, they are, have decided they don't want to get expelled for this. It's not worth it. Um, <laughs> Chloe turns up at this point, and... Um, <laughs> They, uh, Maxine and Janice explain what's going on, and Chloe just goes, oh, she's not still up a flaming tree. Because increasingly in this show, Chloe is the voice of the viewer. <laughs> she's, she's really, I said this a couple of episodes ago, she's gained such like tired divorcee energy in the last few weeks, and I love it. I'm totally here for it. So, Brett at this point says to Mika that it's never been about the environmental stuff, it's all about a battle of wills with Tom. Um, and then he leaves as well, so it's just Mika and the eco terrorist now. Mika, Leon, spoons, and Flapper—the dream team.
1: Yeah, the thing is like, like because Brett comes across as the person who's a bit more actually committed to the environmental stuff than Miki. He just seems to have that like rational head on his shoulders, and yes. at some point him and Rachel have a conversation and Rachel calls him like a dilettante and says... Yes, um, it's odd, isn't it? (laughs) And then she's like, you don't believe in what you're doing. Well, it's actually everything I I, I think seems to think that Brett does believe in what he's
0: doing. Yeah, she calls him a a dabbler and a dilettante. (laughs) Well, he does dabble. We know that about Brett. (laughs) If if anything, he's a dabbler. If we know (laughs) one thing about him, he's a dabbler. (laughs) Uh, So then we get the dramatic moment that was in the Next Time trailer... Where Tom puts a ladder against the tree He starts to climb it And there's this weird thing where Leon's going Oh, just nudge it a bit to scare him And she boots the ladder as hard as she can <laughs> and he, Well, that scared him And he, he falls to the ground um, And Mika just assumes immediately that he's dead Again, it's the show doing
1: what it does So in that moment, all of Mika's environmental stuff It's about her mum Yeah that's that's it she sees a body on the ground and then suddenly it's revealed that all of this was about her mum and then that kind of thing brings up the trauma and you know i can i can empathize with seeing that image on the floor and going oh god this is the worst thing um but again the fact that they've just at this moment gone so all of mika's weird behavior we didn't explain properly it's because of this
0: yeah stop asking us questions now please um so tom is very quickly fine they like wrap it they do that wrap him in tinfoil thing that they sometimes do in ambulances in tv shows yeah why why i don't know why Mm. soon uh, in like one scene later he's fine they've just put a plaster on his head (laughs) and here's the
1: thing so again
0: this is supposed to follow a school
1: year we're in episode 17. Therefore, we are approaching the end of the summer term.
0: Why are they all wearing winter coats? <laughs> the answer to that is they probably filmed it in November and they just didn't think anyone would notice. Yes, definitely. <laughs> um, so the police turn up and they arrest Leon and Spoons and Flapper. And Eddie is smug, like, ah, oh, we've foiled you. And he's just like, yeah, but they are right. <laughs> like,
1: yeah. I meant, like they're, they're right about the broader points of protecting the environment. They're not right about saving one
0: tree by throwing bricks at staff <laughs> members. No, but like, it's like, haha, you nasty environmentalists, we've got you this time. <laughs> All we had to do was send one staff member up to throw themselves off a ladder. And... <laughs>
1: The show then pivots into its favourite Americanism that an individual is allowed to tell the police oh not to pursue God. charges. I've just
0: written, I've written the quote, I told the police no charges. And then in capital letters, no, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> it is the CPS's job, yeah. <laughs> whether it wants to press charges. I want to press charges against him for getting that wrong again. Oh, this show. And the thing, the, but the thing is, just like, the first series
1: dealt with the law for quite a while. And under no circle, under no point did they ever say that Dante was pressed charges against because of Adam's family. No. It was because the crown decided he deserved to be in prison. Yes. But like now they're just like, oh, Tom, to drop the charges. You're not allowed to
0: do that. Um, so Tom and Mika have a little heart to heart, like you said. They're talking about Izzy. Um, Tom sort of suggests he's going to be less. Um, less hard on them. He says, you're an adult and I'm going to treat you like one from now on. And I've just written, yes, because she owns your home. <laughs> she does.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe could have ended all of this just by throwing Tom out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Eddie then goes into Rachel, um, says, oh, I've rumbled your ruse to try and make me stay, but I'm going to stay anyway, as long as we get rid of Stuart. Um. And he shows her the check from Stuart that's bounced. And they're now friends, even though a week ago he was calling her all sorts of names for being a sex worker. That's all fine now. Well, they they could be months ago, for all we know. (laughs) That whole moralistic side of Eddie's objections is just gone now. Yeah. The whole thing that... It was badly written, but it was thematically interesting tension between them. And that is now gone.
1: Yeah, he he kind of he initially kind of revealed some kind of moral problem with having a woman with that history run a school of children. Yes. Which I personally don't get it, but fine if you have your thoughts. But then they were like, nah, let's just abandon that now.
0: Yeah, because they have to be the dream team fighting back against Stuart now. Yeah. who I keep thinking... Hordley is a very posh name. It is quite a
1: posh name, yeah, but he's a posh man. Yeah, I know, but just I, it really took me by surprise. Just the more they say Hordley,
0: the posher it got. Is it because it's Rachel who keeps saying it? Yeah, and Rachel's she's, quite she's posh. She's ultra posh. She's Big Seuss, as we discussed last week. Oh, yeah,
1: she is Big Suze.
0: <laughs> Stuart Hordley. <laughs> Hordley. Um, so Jasmine and Davina are having a discussion again because Jasmine's only purpose in the story now is to give Davina romantic advice. Um, yes seven-year-old jasmine yes <laughs> she's uh, telling davina to be proactive with tom um which she sort of is and then tom says he'll like i don't know back off from smothering the girls or let her be whatever i don't understand why they're together why they're not together
1: I ooh. I don't know the only things I can think of in any of this sequence was that Tom offers the girls a takeaway and they yeah. say no. Who says no to that? Madness. Well, that's
0: Davina says that she's going to do some cooking.
1: I've <laughs> got that. Davina Davina drops a jackhammer when she says save save yourself some cooking. <laughs> Just like when all of these southern actors remember that they have to be northern for a minute.
0: Yeah, I I must admit I don't know. Um whether the act playing Davina is actually Northern or not. Um, <laughs> on the basis of that, I suspect not. <laughs> um, so the final sort of exchange of the episode is, is Rachel and Eddie. Eddie has convinced Rachel to come clean to the, the LEA about being blackmailed by Stuart. Uh, Eddie says, oh, just do it quickly, then it's over, which doesn't seem like the right way to approach a complicated criminal plot involving your incriminating backstory. <laughs>
1: Well, it's up to them if they want to press charges, isn't yeah, yeah, it? Yeah,
0: well, quite, yeah. <laughs> um, so Rachel pretends to phone the LEA, and we can see that what she's actually done is phoned a Chinese restaurant. And, and that's how the episode ends, with Eddie believing that she's phoned the LEA, um, when actually she hasn't. I like the fact that she just knows the number for a local takeaway off the top <laughs> of her head. What, like, what a queen. I think that when she took over from Jack... Jack had a little bit of scrap paper in his drawer with all of the local <laughs> takeaway numbers on.
1: Uh, I just think it's, like, it's probably a very naughty thing just to know the number for a local takeaway. <laughs> yeah, you can get away with that now, because they'd be like, why are you calling us? <laughs> Book it on the app. What's the point of a cliffhanger if they show you the resolution
0: <laughs> in like five seconds later, <laughs> like
1: immediately after in the next week on the first bit from the next week on is Eddie saying, the I don't know anything. You didn't even call them.
0: Yes, and then we get Eddie punching Stuart because he makes a crack about her sleeping, um, sleeping with him. Um, and we see the, uh, the immigration service have turned up at the school for, uh, for one of the kids. Yeah. Kid of the week. Kid of the week. So yeah, what did you think of this episode? I think it's a weird one. I think it kind of hits some interesting beats. But the the, the environmental stuff has been nonsense since the start.
1: Yeah, we've never believed the environmental oh. stuff. Um, and... Because we never believe... Because the story doesn't make a lot of sense, and Mika's place in it doesn't make a lot of sense, therefore we don't take any of the issues in this seriously. No. Like, we are always meant to believe that the issues they're bringing up here and the way that they're dealing with it are totally nonsense. When you can actually have a kind of, you know, a group of environmentally-minded young people trying to make their community better, but they just frame it in this mad, insane way. And again, it's that kind of, you know... um, quite like upper middle class slightly right wing version of writing it which is well we offered them double the amount of trees in their own grove and they said no these people will never be happy or whatever we offer them they're extremists
0: i think it's it's an of its time thing to be honest Mm -hmm. because it is you know we we did take climate change a lot less seriously a decade ago some would argue we're still not taking it seriously enough um, I, I was funny, I was just having a conversation with my other half um, the other day, do you remember when we were at school and we'd be taught about climate change and they'd say, what we all need to do is to make sure our tellies aren't left on standby and make sure you switch off lights when you leave the room and make sure you don't leave the tap running where you brush your teeth. We were taught these little things rather than you need to affect systemic change. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think it was because the businesses that were causing all the problems had bought our education system. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, so
0: like like, I, I remember that being like the sum total of our environmental education when I was a Yeah,
1: it, it's like, it's, you know, capitalism is a hell of a drug and they've sold us climate activism. And it's just like go vegan to cut cut in your carbon footprint. It's actually like, no, if like five companies just reined it back in a bit, we'd all be fine. But then this show's just like, all the people who care about this want to save one tree in a school playground.
0: And then they're framed, they're framed like, you know, a Scooby-Doo villain at the end. (laughs) (laughs) Would have gone away if it weren't for you meddling teachers. (laughs) Uh,
1: I think another thing about this episode, I do find Chloe's reaction to the Dante thing quite weird, but also relatable. Mm. Like who hasn't wanted people they are no longer with to do poorly. Yes. Like, the yes. fact that she and resents his, his going well. Like, Instagram is just a carousel
0: of people I wish were doing worse. Yeah. And, but the thing they don't reckon with that. No. Because they're not... The angle of the story is not she kind of resents him doing well. It's she misses him and she wants to be back with him. Which is the wrong slant on that idea.
1: But they only tie it to that when he's doing well, which kind of makes her look really shallow. Mm. Rather it's like she just realizes she misses him at the same time that he's doing well and
0: seems to be going places. Yeah, it's it's a strange one. Um yeah, I, I don't hate the you know, it's the, it's the most I've ever liked Dante and Chloe. <laughs> <laughs> um um fine I have a final question. Yes, um, please do far away.
1: Who, do you ever remember paying VAT at 17.5%? <laughs> no. I, I kind of like, I kind of resent that I grew up in the new Labour years. It meant I never got to live in it, you know?
0: <laughs> I was going to say, you don't
1: resent anything about
0: the new Labour years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the I, only I, thing I, you resent about the new Labour labor years is that we're not in them now, which is, to, the, yeah. is that they ended, yeah. really. <laughs> the at and and 17.5%, what a concept. Yeah, so that's where we leave this week's episode. It's kind of an embarrassment of riches for, for Playout songs, really. We've got several Razorlight tracks and Jack Pinata's Spit of Stars, which is a naughty classic. I mean, it's not a naughty classic because I don't remember it. <laughs>